Check, check, check. TP. Oh man. Oh man, it feels good to be back once again. And uh, we have our host back in the building, Mark Figaroa. How you feeling? Pretty good. Uh oh, wrong mic. Say that again. Pretty good. I'm not even going to edit that. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Um, it's it's good to have you back, man. Um, Thanks. Our listeners haven't heard from you in two weeks. And last week was a good week. You were missed. You were missed. Um, big shout out. Big thank you to our guy, Joey, who came through and became a pillar of the podcast for a day. It, it felt a little funny for me to be the Figaro of the podcast for a day. But uh, I'm going to attempt to do a little bit of that today as well. I have some topics I have some thoughts. Um, we're in grass season. We saw the taper and ending of clay season. I do want to talk to you about a bit of a recap now that I have you here. I do want to hear your thoughts on the way things went and um, talk to you a little bit about the way things are going. How do you feel? Oh, good. Ready to podcast. Let's do it. Talk to me about the the French Open. What Have, have we discussed anything about the French Open? Uh, we sort of did. We, we pretty much figured that Nadal was going to win after beating uh, Djokovic and Unfortunately, this Vareva uh, incident. Yeah, how did you feel about Casper? Uh, he took advantage of his draw for sure. Was he Casper in the final? Absolutely not. He got overwhelmed for so sure. So he was a ghost. <laughs> yes, easily. <laughs> That's a little joke there. Um, but yeah, so obviously Nadal won and Iga continues her reign. Yes. Um, how are you feeling about Iga this year? Her run, um, predictions, expectations. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm not sure about grass. Uh, I don't think she's really done well on grass. Mm-hmm. So uh, we may see Ega uh, sort of being stopped a little now, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen there. Who are our WTA grass specialists? Well, I'm going to save that for last. Okay, so you, you got something for mm-hmm. me. I like to hear that. Um, I'm going to pick things up with a bit of the things on my list then. A lot has happened since you were gone. Uh, one of them being... Andy Murray. Yes. Andy Murray is playing brilliant tennis. We've been talking about him being at the level of a top 20-ish player for almost a year now. It's been a good while that he's been winning high-level matches. Um, Andy Murray is now number 47 in the world. Yes. Um, How do you feel about that? Oh, he's well-deserving of it. He's been playing lights out. He's been beating players that are in the top 10. And now he's on grass, and uh, he can do some damage. For he is sure. a, he's a good grass player. Yes. I think uh, we can expect him to make some noise at Wimbledon. And it's nice to see that his seeding is slowly getting there. Yes. You know, maybe by U.S. Open, we see a, a good ranking and a draw, maybe. Um, I look forward to maybe that happening. I don't think it's going to make a big difference at Wimbledon. But, you know, we could be hopeful. I do have a few stats for you. Okay. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about Andy Murray's wins over top 20 players since his return. Um, it starts in 2018 at the Washington, D.C. event. He beat Edmund in a split set match. And Edmund was number 18 at the time. That was 2018. First one. Then he proceeded to beat Go Fan in the second round of Shenzhen. 
and that was straight sets. Stop me if you think one of these is actually an eye-turning win or a significant change. For the beginning of his comeback, uh, those were pretty big. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go fan, he was struggling with an injury, but uh, Edmund was a a pretty good one. And that's also a fellow... uh, uh, Brit, yes. Yeah, it's a fellow Brit. So that's also a significant morale booster, in my opinion, when you beat uh, one of the top British players. Yes. Knowing that you used to be that. Um, Then... In 2019 at Beijing, he takes out Matteo Berrettini, who was currently number 13. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. And that was 7-6-7-6, two tiebreakers. Big, big win. Um, Following that up with, you tell me how you feel about this one. Number 18 in the world, Walrinka, in 2019 at Antwerp. Uh, He he was uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And... To me, this is where things look really up. You tell me what you really think, though, because this guy can be streaky at times. He takes out number seven in the world at the 2020 Cincinnati. He takes out Zverev. Yes, that was big. Yeah, that's a massive win that happened in New York. And, you know, I think that for me, that's when we both agreed. Okay, this guy's a top 20 player. Who cares what his ranking is? I wouldn't want to meet him in my draw early. And... um after that, he takes out a number 10 Hercock last year, who was on fire last year. Yes. And followed that up with a number 10 in the world center, 7-6 and 6-3 straight sets. A number 16 in the world Chapo this year, split sets. And then, of, cur- of course, the one we just saw. And to me, this one means a lot. He took out Sisipa Yes. Stugart, straight sets. And Pa's number five in the world. He took out a top five player. That's his biggest win since his return in 2018. Yes. Um, what can we say about our projections for him? What's his ceiling? Where can he go? Can he win a slam? I think on grass is going to be his best chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a quarter depending on his draw. Okay. Uh, we don't know about Nadal's status. It's rumored mm-hmm. that he may not play. He sort of said uh, whoever's been saying all that, it's... It's inconsistent, but knowing him with his foot, mm-hmm. he, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the uh, time off. Yeah. So there's really not a big uh, weapon on grass, in my opinion. Right. So um, with all that being said, how are you feeling about uh, who has a, who has an opportunity here going into Wimbledon? What are your thoughts? Well, since you talked about rankings, we have uh, our boy here, Nick Kyrgios, who jumped uh, 13 spots. Uh, I believe he's... Uh, 65 in the world mm-hmm. and uh he even said himself on grass i'm top five that was one of my topics buddy slow down you know that, that that's what i do <laughs> yeah, so, yeah 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 so um, uh, um is he right or wrong i i agree with him yeah i agree um obviously he just today or yesterday today he just beat the number five player in the world right on grass right uh, and that only backs up his statement that he is a top five grass player. Didn't Murray beat Kyrgios in a previous tournament? Yes, he did. So that's another big victory for Murray as well. So this shows that big serve. Yeah, this shows that Murray beat Sisipa, number five in the world. Yes. Then the guy who beat Sisipa, Murray also beat him. Right. So Murray's looking really, really good on grass. Exactly. You know, when two plus two equals four, you just got to go with the numbers. Yes. Um, but at the same time, how do we feel about Murray going the distance? Is that going to be a difference maker in uh, the best of five? I think that uh, his hip is fine now. He's proven that he can uh, play tournaments, yeah. tournaments. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I, I like think it's going to gonna be uh, 
uh, if he can uh, uh, work his uh, weaponry. We're still talking about rankings here. Yes. There's a gentleman. He's ranked 205 in the world. And he just beat the number two player on the planet to win his first slam or his first 250 event, I believe it was. Yes. His first time he ever appeared in a 250 event. And he came in and he beat the number two player in the world to win it. Um, Did you see any of that match at all? I did not, but I heard. Yeah, it was a pretty good match. Um, Obviously, I don't I'm not a big Medvedev on grass guy. Um, Medvedev does stay back a lot on the grass for my taste, but you know, Medvedev's no pushover in any tournament, no matter what the conditions are. So this is a huge win and I'm looking forward to seeing if this was a fluke or if he can continue to make noise. This is his first tournament and clearly he, um, got through the nerves and stuff like that and performed at the top level. Yes, I agree. Now, uh, since we're talking about rankings, uh, Rudd is that number five unbelievable uh zverev is number two uh medvedev is now the number one player in the world again yes and now the surprising one djokovic since there are no points at wimbledon fell to number three what are your thoughts to that well i do have a little statistic for you this is the first time since 2003 that the big three are not in the top three yes um 2003 that's almost 20 years since we've seen this shift now is this shift simply circumstance or is this actually a shift i think it's circumstance for sure um who do you think are the number one and two players in the world if you were to state i honestly uh i don't get how nadal with his winning streak and for example he made the quarterfinals last year at the french open yeah he won this year Mm. He, he should have skyrocketed yeah, for me, it's unusual. It that doesn't he has, make sense to me. He has two slams under his belt right, right now, actively holding those titles. Correct. As well as some tournaments. Yes. I don't understand how he's not number one in the world. Right. I don't see how he's number four in the world. Yeah. So I think is it's just a coincidence and there is no shift yet, in my opinion. Right. I think you're right. Um, but this also kind of confuses me because it felt like some of the other athletes we've seen break through at one slam. They skyrocket to number one or two or three in the world immediately. If you remember, Stan Wawrinka won one slam. And he was number three in the world. Yes. You know, we kind of blinked. He had a Masters 1000, I think it was, and one slam. And he was number three, you know, and it felt like that was kind of overnight. He doesn't have a large collection of tournaments under his belt as far as titles go. Yes. So this is very interesting the way the points are breaking down. This is a weird year for tennis. You know, obviously one slams points are very neutralized and then we're seeing two of the other slams out of the four belonging to one guy who's not number one or two in the world mm-hmm. exactly it's interesting now since uh since we brought up nadal he just broke one of djokovic's uh records nadal has 11 different seasons where he's at least won two slams wow djokovic had nine or ten seasons mm-hmm. with at least two slams nadal has 11 that's probably one of the crazier stats I've heard you say. And he's not number one in the world. <sighs> yeah. It's confusing for me. So I, I, I don't know how that works. So that, that's, that to me just says that there is no shift yet. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, for me, I'd like to hear maybe if you could um, give me an eyeball top five of who you think are the actual true top five on the tour right now today. Well, it'd have to be, obviously, Medvedev, Djokovic, Nadal, um, Zverev. He's been playing well. I'll give mm-hmm. him that. Uh, 
the 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 one that's the toss up is a uh, Rodder Sissy Pass to me. Yeah. What about Alcaraz? Alcaraz, he's uh Is he top 5 to you? That's a good question. Um mm-hmm. I I on he's been performing really well in Masters 1000s. Mm-hmm. So, uh it's sort of hard to not put him in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um he can beat Rod or Sissy Pass. Absolutely. So, uh I now that you brought that up, Alcaraz could probably be number five. Why not? Yeah, that would probably be my pick for number five. But I do like your picks for uh, obviously Novak and Joker, uh, Nadal are my one and two right now. Yes, you know it's just the bottom line. Yes, it's unfortunate that the way things stacked up at the French, they both kind of got shortchanged on potential points. Well, obviously not Nadal, but Djokovic could have had finals amount of points, and you know maybe a, that could be a conspiracy theorist type of thing, but. He, to me, would have made it to the final, you know, if he was on the opposite side of the bracket. And that changes his points, you know, because they met in the quarters. Yes. Yeah, that's making it to the quarters versus making it to the finals is a significant difference in points gathered. Exactly. Um, And on top of that, Alcaraz, who's another top five, quote unquote, player, also being in that same pool. It just seems like let's ignore the quality of the tournament itself. Let's just talk about the way the point system works for the tour. And it seems like these inaccurate draws can damage the rankings, which further damages the next events. Right. So I'm, I'm not a fan of the way things are playing out right now. No, and I'm not gonna, either. It's going to get worse. Oh, for sure. And since we're talking about worse, um, the news was just released that uh, the United States is not going to ease up uh, the vaccination status. So Djokovic will most likely not play the U.S. Open. Wow. So... Uh, He's in trouble. Yeah, he is. He had his chances. He had his chances. Two of them, to yes. be exact. Uh, um, and with no points at Wimbledon. Yeah. Now Wimbledon's trying to make it up and trying to increase the prize money. But... Yeah, you know, these are guys who have multi-million dollar endorsements, you know, knocking on their door. I don't think that that's what they're really concerned with, you know. Maybe the, the up-and-comers, that sounds yes. awesome. But for the guys who are actually, you know, top 10 and their prospects to win this slam, they're getting shortchanged. Well, oh, there's sure. more money or not. Right. Now, uh, the, um, the United States, the U.S. Open also decided that they will allow Russian and Belarusian players at the U.S. Open. That's now, awesome. Now, Wimbledon sort of was, uh, I don't know what you guys are doing mm. about the U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, the USTA. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um. It's good to hear at least one tournament's going to allow them to actively play. To me, it just seems like Wimbledon needs to get the COVID treatment and just get skipped, <laughs> you know, at this point. Because why do we have these athletes going out there playing these extended five-setters, dedicating their bodies and time? If I'm Nadal, I'm skipping this event. Yes. Hands down. Right. Why am I going to risk my body? I have the, this chronic foot issue, and this is my least consistent surface. And on top of that, there's no actual reward for me because I don't play for money. You know, I'm playing for my legacy. I'm playing for the love of the sport. And I haven't had a great opportunity to rest. I'm going to wait for the U.S. Open. I'm going to get my points there. And I'll maybe play a few tune-up grass events if, if he chooses to. And even then, does he really need to? Probably not. Yes. Um. So it's an unusual situation. But, you know, for me, there were I'd expect Wimbledon to be an asterisk uh, slam. You know, I was about to say that. It's a huge asterisk yes. slam, you know. My next question for you is, do you think that athletes who are playing in Wimbledon are going to play with a bit more of a chip on their shoulder or, should I say, a less 
ambition and determination in this event specifically? Are they going to work a little less hard? That's a good question. I think uh, people, they've, they've um, uh, said their, their piece and said, this is Wimbledon. Yeah. So they're going to give it the hundred percent. I think mm-hmm. the people that have decided not to Osaka, for example, yeah. uh, those people have dropped out. So the people that are willing to play, they're going to give it their all in my opinion. Okay. And you know, obviously there are some players, for example, Kyrgios, I would 1000% assume he's going to give it his all. Oh, of course. You know, he's a huge, huge Wimbledon guy. Yes. He's a huge vaccine guy. Yes. And he's pretty progressive politically. So I don't think he's super against the decisions Wimbledon's making, even if he's not actively promoting the decisions or anything like that. So we know that he's already actively training and trying to tune up his body for Wimbledon. This is probably the greatest opportunity he's ever going to have to win a slam. Yes. You know, I agree. He's playing great tennis. He's healthy. He's mentally fit. And on top of that, there won't be a, an Adal possibly. There will be, if there's a Djokovic at all, it won't be a formidable one. Uh, any player that he has a losing record against may not be there. Yes. Um, I looked up his head-to-head record against the top 20, and he's got a, a winning record on the majority of the top 20. Yes. So, including this, our including Djokovic. Including Djokovic. So, this is going to be very interesting to see how he does. He's been he's been very interesting right now on grass. Yes. He's beaten some phenomenal athletes and he's had some really tight matches with guys that it surprised me a little bit. So, we'll see how it goes. But we do know about him that he's like the daisical when the competition is low, but then when the he steps up and he yeah. plays the top, the top of competition, that's when he steps up. Yeah, I anticipate him seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in his draw is going to incentivize him to really play his game. Yes, I agree. And uh, uh, the WTA news is uh, obviously Serena Serena Williams. Mm -hmm. She was given a wild card for Eastbourne. She's going to play doubles. Uh, Before I go to the next Serena news, what are your thoughts on that? I'm extremely excited for it. I'm very curious to see how she's feeling and how she's looking. Serena's one of the few players for me, the second I see her on the screen, I just get a gut feeling on how she's going to be playing. You know, I just, I can feel it. And that previous Australian Open, I want to say it was 2021, maybe 2021, where she came out in, I think it was a cat suit and she looked really lean. Yes. I knew she was going to play good tennis and she played great up until that Osaka round which I think was strictly mental. I think that she could have outplayed her and won that. But, you know, I'm excited to see her return. I'm I'm a huge Serena fan. I know we have a lot of hot and cold people. She's very polarizing in that way. Yes. People love her, hate her. Right. But I'm a fan of people chasing history, including Djokovic. And, you know, to me, it's amusing how he's almost avoiding being a legend. You know, like he's almost fighting his fate. And that's so hilarious to me because Serena's doing the complete opposite. She's almost like trying to fight upstream and the water flow just keeps getting stronger and stronger (laughs) the harder she fights, you know? Um, It seems like everything just keeps not going her way. She was in, you know, it seems like five consecutive finals that she could not pull through on. Right. And so I think that the WTA is wide open. I just need her to come in healthy. Even her adversary, who seemed to have her number, Osaka, doesn't seem to be making it to finals right no, now. No, no, not right you now. Know? So who's going to stop her besides Iga? Right. You know, and... And I don't see it on grass. Yeah. You know, and I think that this is... She's probably the one person, a phenomenal, high-performing Serena, is Iga's kryptonite on grass. Yo, for sure. You know, she's going to open up that court Big too, serve. too quickly right. for someone who's taking the ball so early. 
So that would be an amazing matchup. I'd love to see how it played out. But, you know, there have been some major changes in the Serena team in camp yes, since with, the last time we saw her. With your Egas and Nadals, in order to beat them, you have to overpower to their forehands. Yeah. And uh, Serena's going to be able to do that. Exactly. So, and obviously the big, big news is she received a wild card to Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously she's doing the tune-up and doubles at Eastbourne. And mm. now she's going to play Wimbledon. Do you expect anything of her? Absolutely. Um, we'll know for sure when we watch her play doubles. I almost would like to for us to make plans to watch it live. Yes. You'll have to connect with me and we'll try to make plans to do that. But I'm curious to just see how fit and lean and in spirit she is. Because this last time she returned, she was dragging a little bit. The timing was a little off. It, it reminded me of Fetter's return when he came to Wimbledon as well. You know, coming back to grass can be very challenging. You have to get very low for those balls. You got to bend your knees a lot. A lot more legwork required. So... I'm looking forward to what happens, but with all that being said, this is one of the few times where getting a wild card into a tournament almost doesn't mean anything. Yes. Who cares? You know, like, even if she draws the number three seed in the first round, who cares? The only person she doesn't want to draw is the number one seed. So, hopefully she's on the opposite side of the number one, and I think that she can have really high morale moving into that tournament, if so. Uh, The only thing I'm looking for in her doubles is going to be big serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one-two punch, big serve, big forehand. If, she's, right. if she has that going, I don't see any problems at Wimbledon. Absolutely. I agree. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. That's really good news. Yes. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. Outside of Serena and Iga, do you have any other um, grass court players that you're excited for? It, it, it's hard to say. Uh, the WTA, as we've talked about for weeks now mm-hmm. they're so inconsistent yeah i mean pliskova last year was uh at the at wimbledon semis mm-hmm. and now she's unheard of so yeah. it, it, it's hard to just pick somebody right now to say that they're gonna make it to a final it's, it's hard it's hard yeah yeah i think for now that's pretty much gonna be everything i don't think that there's anything else major outside of obviously some big movers in the the rankings that we discussed yes. earlier. Yes. Do we know anything about um, Osaka playing in Wimbledon? Well, at the French Open, she did say that no points. Uh, there's no point in her playing. She plays for points. So that's what she said at the French Open. Wow. After her loss. It's funny that she says she plays for points, but also yes. drops out of so many events. To me, it sounds a little bit more like excuses. But I don't want to be that guy, you know. Um, I do think that it's a calculated decision for her to go, this is not one of my better events. And Oh, that's for sure. You know, so why waste my time there? So Exactly. I'm not mad at that at all. Yes. Um, where's your head at with, let me just spitball a few names to you. Uh, Badosa, Sakari, uh, Radakanyu. I'm, I'm not feeling Radakanyu. No. Uh, Badosa, she had a hot end of the season last year mm-hmm. but this season she's been struggling mm-hmm. uh soccer she sort of disappeared a little bit um it i think it was after the big Ika loss yes you know? i agree there where soccer had her number and then Ega's beating beating her now so yeah. uh i mean i'm hoping that soccer can come back uh honestly she she has a lot of game and she can compete so yeah well i think that's pretty much gonna conclude today's episode Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you guys were entertained.